Leave me hanging on the telephone. <laughs> oh, this is driving me insane. Uh, oh, really? Uh, I was like the clearest person on this call. Oh, oh, Jesus! <laughs> um, Alan, the headphone killer. There's the that. There's your cold intro. There it is. <laughs> Well, volume warning. <laughs> Guys, I didn't think that would happen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Conquistables. Tonight, the Conquistables are tuning up the band as they discuss the best wrestling music of all time. Posing on the front of the album tonight. From the Ministry of Darkness, Cameron Phillips. The Second City Saint, Ewan Taylor. The Hitman, Bill Doyle. And Jordy Allen Milburn. Only tonight on The Conquistables. Or it's all going to be a train wreck. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> the listeners will know. Listen to this. Well, they, they will know if it's been a train wreck or if Discord does work for recording. Well, <laughs> you say the listeners are going to be able to hear it. If they don't hear it, they know the answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, if they hear, or if they hear a different version of me saying in the future, we're re-recording it through Skype because it all failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're picking another night to record this because it's yeah. Yeah. rubbish. Because it came out <laughs> very bad. But anyway, given Ellen has half an hour, I guess we should probably get going. Yeah, we'll probably get going then. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I could have fell off the cliff, but there. Yay. Hey. I figured we've been through the bit where Phil does the, you know, welcome to the Conquista Boards, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, we've done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we've done that. Recorded in his cupboard full of coats at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> How do you know that? Because I when when you don't when you're not in the house, I live there. Oh my gosh! Um, oh, yeah, right. imagine that. Um, imagine the plane journey down every night. Oh Jesus, Phil's got out again. Oh God, I've got to play again. Get the conquistacopter. I thought we were going to say something different there. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's another round table, ladies and gents. Yes, indeed. The conquistacopter. <laughs> yeah, like a big, wow. like massive. That's a, that's a good one to land, didn't it? Jesus, uh, I, I got it. Was a crappy one, that one. It's just, it's just a giant dick. No, um... <laughs> we've done. Um, what else have we done? done Intercontinental title matches. Which was the best one? Was my one. We've done tag teams. Which the best one was the one we suggested. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I think I know exactly who the. The best tag team was. We don't talk about tag teams. That's that's no. completely not not a but, thing we discuss. Yeah, we know who the best tag team was. They are the greatest tag team. <laughs> we know who they are. We just don't talk about it. It was yeah, okay. it, it was deserving though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll discuss that at another time. Because <laughs> it's obviously it lends itself to a, an audio format. We thought we'd do best wrestling theme songs. Yes. And we're going through the ages. We're going from the 80s all the way through to now. <laughs> we're going we kind of split up in a sort of rough decades, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 80s, 90s, 
Shall we just jump into the 80s then? It's a bit tricky to do the best wrestling song of the 70s because, you know, they they, they didn't have any. Well, Well, I'm just going to elaborate with a little story, if I'm being sure. Ah, yes. I don't know if this is true or not. I haven't had time to fact check it, so I'm going to take the man's word as gospel. Um, And I think it was touched upon in that latest magazine that Cameron kindly let me with a big crossword. What, of Inside the Ropes? That's the one, that's the one. There you go. I knew we'd come in eventually for it. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, they do an interview with Sergeant Slaughter and he touches upon it there, but an interview I heard with Slaughter years and years ago, um, he he claimed when they redebuted him as this American hero type gimmick that he wanted to use the Marine Corps music. But Vince McMahon McMahon Sr. thought it was a silly idea, but nonetheless, he persevered with it and he... He came down the aisle with the uh, Marine Corps music and apparently got a good ovation. He claims in that interview he was the first wrestler to come down the aisle to music. Considering the Sergeant Slaughter never was in the Marine Corps, so you know I don't think I'd believe him anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, there is that. Sadly, that's I do love Slaughter, but that is sadly does hold yeah. over him, doesn't it? When there was um ah, oh, because like they always talk about uh your your Freebirds are the ones that kind of popularized it. You know, they kind of in the mid early to mid eighties. So would that have been around the same time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm fairly sure when he when he, when he's brought back. Well, actually, that's his claim. I've not verified it in any way, but that that was the story he told on this interview that I've yeah. read years ago. Yeah. So it's all thanks to Sergeant Slaughter. Well, that's what he pretty much was saying. That's what he was pretty much hinting at doing this Fair interview. Enough. I think. So. Thanks, thanks, Sarge. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think he just no, marched in the office and said, I want to have music, and that's an order? <laughs> Probably. He's walking like, I want some music, you maggots. And then they went, well, we've got this, like, just just repetitive drum roll. And he was like, no, <laughs> God, I yeah. don't want that as a music, no. <laughs> Wait till I'm a heel, we'll do it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, I wrote down, I, when I was kind of going through this, I was kind of thinking, like, I, I want to kind of do, like, what what makes a good theme? You know, what makes a good wrestling theme? And I wrote down a few kind of bullet points why I think it makes a good wrestling theme. Okay. It's got to so, have a good opening intro, hasn't it? It's got to have a good yeah. few starting bars. Yeah, because you're actually going to the beginning. Something. It's got to fit the character, and it yes. has to be, like, memorable separate from the wrestler. So it can't just yes. be something that kind of works within the arena. It's got to be, like, you know, something you can listen to by itself. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. as far as I've got. So there's kind of three points. Big noise. It's got to fit the character it's kind of with, and it's got to be memorable as a song by itself. Okay, and I was kind of trying to apply that to stuff because, like, um, I was trying to like the music is really kind of a big thing, kind of get wrestlers over because everybody loves Cesaro, and he, but he's kind of the thing about him is like he's never really got over to the kind of level he has done. And I put like he's never had a memorable theme tune. No, he's, he's stole Dean Malenko's theme song. <laughs> See, I can't even remember it. I can't remember it for like that kind of big wrestler like their music is kind of almost inseparable from them as a character like it's like becomes one of the same thing and you shouldn't so, change it too often either i think some wrestlers change too often and that hurts it like they've they tried to change austin's theme a couple of times but it didn't work it was the original's always the best in that scenario was it when yeah. they tried to go through they went through this sort of massive new metal phase disturbed doing stone cold theme tune didn't they yes, yes. Which just seemed to be the same thing, but just having Derek Draymond going, that's the one, that's, that's the one. Yeah. Although, although, crap fact about a Stone Cold theme song, 
What song was uh, Jim Johnson trying to rip off when he, he wrote um, Austin's theme song? The Glassbreaker oh, one, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a song that he was trying to rip off, and when you hear the two side by side, you're like, oh, God, yeah. Is it something like Pantera by any chance? Nope. Music's uh, not my forte, Cam. Would I heard of this song? You would have heard of the band, but maybe not the song. Oh, dear. Well, that's me out. <laughs> I don't Good know. Cam, who is it? It's um, Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Mm. You hear the opening, if you hear Tom Morello's opening riff on Bulls on Parade, yeah. I'm sure you know it's when you hear them side by side, you're like, I'm shocked they didn't even sue. <laughs> well, to be honest, probably, it was probably not even worth it, you know. I think oh, that's no. what that might come up is like, you know, that kind of uh, thin line between um, per pastiche and just outright stealing. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, a few times. Let's rewind it again. Let's go back to the beginning where we were. We've kind of jumped to the 90s. We'll just take it back to the 80s. Yeah. Let's take so we, kind of, we, know, we know what a good song is, so let's yeah. kind of decide what some good songs are. So we're going to start with the 80s. Okay. Who wants to go first? I'm going like to go Al. first because go it's no surprise what I'm going to talk about here. You oh, know I, think, I think I know already, but I'll let you say it anyway. Right. Well... Uh, of course, the the theme song to me, the greatest wrestling theme song, but it pops into the eighties, is of course Real American. When it comes down and it hurts inside. <laughs> well, I said yeah. this. I said there was no surprise, so I thought I'd just get it out there. But to me. <laughs> To me, it personifies like a wrestling song. It is, it's such a good tune. Uh, although there is dispute whether Rick Derringer actually sung it. Um, oh. <laughs> although he does get credited for it, there is rumours out there it was... Oh, I did know this stuff. I can't remember, apologies. There was somebody else involved in the um, production of it that really sang the lyrics. However, if you go to YouTube and you... Um, Rick Derringer singing it in modern times. I must admit, it doesn't sound that much like the <laughs> the, the vocalist on the uh, are, on the car. Are and, you trying to um, say that it's a situation like Jeff Jarrett and the roadie? Well, or possibly, it's... yeah, that's a storyline. <laughs> and I believe Cindy Lauper does some of the backing vocals for it as well. All right. Um, All right. So, okay. So there you go. That's 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 my little. Is she the high pitched kind of like? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're doing um, these theme songs justice already. Yes, <laughs> yes. Welcome to the episode of this that'll get ripped off YouTube completely within about ten seconds. <laughs> ten seconds immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I um, it, it 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 obviously it wasn't wrote for Hogan either. It was wrote for uh, the US Express, but yeah. they were leaving, so they they put it in. It just fit them absolutely perfectly, which is um something you may not know in um in edited times is on Wrestlemania 1 where Hogan and Mr. T made their entrance he actually come down to Eye of the Tiger yes because that's what Hogan was using from his Rocky movie really? thing yes, and it on was. oh wow the Eye of the Tiger Jess and this case 
can mean none other than you know who. World Wrestling Federation champion, there he is. The Incredible Hulk, Hogan with Batman himself, Mr. T. The original video, if you've got the original um, release, it actually dubs it out with some generic song. Wow. It's done quite well, actually. And I thought, what's this song? I always thought for years that was the actual song they used. And then now if you go to the network version, I'm fairly sure Real Americans dubbed over the top of it. I think it's actually... <clears throat> it, 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 it the moment. Yeah, it's it's very rare that Vince, uh, Vince Pays like an outside song, yep. isn't it? It's, it's yep. probably like a handful of occasions. We'll probably come to a couple of, as we kind of go through the decades. Oh, but yeah. the- there's there's one I'll probably mention later on in the nineties that I think causes him great damage by having his matches dubbed over. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I I often wondered about um, what song did they use at WrestleMania one, and I couldn't I couldn't do it. And then um, eventually someone's got uh, on YouTube. I found the original footage like live from when it was taped or whatever, or when it was on. Oh, wow. Yeah, Jesse Ventura Ooh. even says, oh, I the tiger, that means he comes a hook to, you know, which I believe that line is edited out of... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gone, I think. Um, it's it's, it's uh, weird yeah. to think, like, how much, like, we kind of rely on the network to provide us for these things and, like, how much they can kind of mess around with them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... There's, like, um, there's, like the Deadly Boys theme was messed around with, like, for a long time when they were out of the company. Yeah. Not completely. Examples of yeah, so there's like and you know the, the way they mess around with crowd noises and stuff. It's yeah, it's the whole Star Wars thing, isn't it? It's like you want the original, not the special edition that came yep. out twenty yeah, years special, later. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, but you know, with Hogan's theme, it becomes synonymous with Hogan. Yeah, mm. but not only that, it was like your soundtrack to pretty much every pay per view at the time. Like every pay per view would just about close with that music, wouldn't it? You know, yeah, true, yeah. Uh, you know, they were, uh, yeah. what a what a event WrestleMania Five is, and the commentators talking, and Real American would be playing in the background. Literally, <laughs> every every pay per view around that time would be played out by by Real American. Well, it, 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 it uh, tickle the boxing, the, the kind of the big the big kind of chord to the beginning that gets the yeah. crowd up on their feet. It's you know, f- just fits hoeing like a glove. It's you know, it's a song by itself sort of thing. It is. I hate to hate it to agree with Alan, but you know it is like a really, really because it kind of like sets the the market down for like what a wrestling song should be, doesn't it? For the kind of the rock and wrestling era. Yeah, mm. I, I, I mean, um, it, it, the sort of Hogan's it, later experiments with different theme tunes. Well, yeah. again, what Cambridge said about before is obviously used Voodoo Child for a bit, but then that's no evidence of that, that exists on the network. I don't believe. <laughs> I believe it's like something. WCW pays. I remember reading that they paid a horrendous amount to the Jimi Hendrix estate to use it. Yes, they did pay a lot of money to it, which probably helped contribute to their downfall. Um, I'm actually listening (laughs) to the book Nitro at the moment. Um, And uh, yeah, they were not good with money in the slightest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that does kind of come up in their stories that apparently money issues are like a little bit tricky for them. It's weird that, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, and despite them changing the theme, um, briefly for Hogan, Real American was the one the fans all remember him for, and that's what he comes out to to this day when he's when yep. he comes out because that's that you know that's the song the fans yeah, yeah the two the two the, the two things are one like Hogan and that music are just kind of like inseparable aren't they Yep yep um, and WCW made a, a rip off version of it when he debuted which you've probably heard American made. Yeah. And I think that's pretty good, a pretty good um, homage to it. Let's just call it. I do think that's quite a good theme as well, but obviously not as iconic as these uh, real American. 
Yeah. Mm. WCW were very good at when they got the ex-WWF talent. They were very good at creating homages to the WWF songs. Yeah. So they were still recognizable to the fans, but it was different enough so they didn't end up getting sued. <laughs> well, I think, I think that rounds up my little talk on Real American, but I would say to me that's the most iconic, possibly in wrestling, but certainly in the 80s for me. But yeah. um, we'll do some honourable mentions afterwards, but one of you guys yeah. <laughs> shoot next. Uh, I'll go then. So for me, I think when I say this one, I think people are going to agree. It's Pomp and Circumstance for yep. Macho Man Randy Savage. Ooh. That's yep. a good one as well. That's a very this- good one. You, you just hear the song opening da, 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 and you just know greatness is going to come out and then Macho Man comes out with his hat his tassels sensational sherry depending on the time period you're watching and to me like Real American the 80s for wrestling is pomp and circumstance and Macho Man coming out because I don't think there's very few instances where music really just matches the personality of the person that's representing in Macho Man's case it was even when he was the Macho King it was even better because it just yeah fit even well didn't it yeah yeah because basically Macho Man went from a supremely confident person to an asshole with an attitude but <laughs> he'd, he'd come out on like the big throne as well depends the, yeah, the throne yeah exactly yeah. so and just that blaring over so that's a good example of music you didn't need to change when you turned a face heel or vice versa because the music works either way one thing I will um, say as well it goes back to Real American is you originally had different beginnings <laughs> like um Real American had this very slow instrumental start you might have heard it for like 30 yeah. seconds before it and, and I'm fairly sure with uh, the um, Hope and Glory that they used like the extended version you know it's got this like if everyone saw the listen to the classic piece it's got this build up before mm. it gets to the da, 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 da part and they used that and I don't think that works I'm glad they cut it and just went into the yeah da, they da, just da, da, yeah. Da, da. cut straight into it and I think yeah it's that kind of I'm not sure if jarring is the right word but it's, it's that, that kind of like it, the way it kind of bursts onto the, the like cuts across everything doesn't it that yeah. kind of big intro music and it sort of fits the bell with because you know but the first like couple of bars the crowd are going well because they know who's coming out and then yeah. he comes out he, he does his thing and to me it just it, if you were to ask me what one song represents the 80s in wrestling I think that's definitely going to be up there yeah. well, well Savage never changed his theme song for his whole nope. WF run it's and I'm not. fairly sure in WCW had a, a really weird version that used to go oh, yeah. a, a, I think as we've discussed with the Boys before he had a kind of like pumping farting version of it Protestants is that what it was called Like for me, if you're talking about the '80s, okay. like you, you gotta have some synthesizers in there, and that's why I kind of get I kind of get drawn towards the the kind of twin kind of uh, mm. music of uh, yeah, Jake the I- Snake and Brett the Hitman Heart. Oh, the heart, the heart foundation in the '80s though. Yeah, this is the 80s one. I'm good. This is like, you know, 
everybody has kind of resting the hills to die on um and different topics they want you know they'll say they, they'll, they'll die on but for me <laughs> jim johnston murdered that theme tune When Hitman came back and Jim Johnson got hold of it, because I think I'm pretty yes. sure the original one was done by um, the Wrath of the South Jimmy Hart, like the Jake the Snake one was. And, you know, Jim Johnson's great. He's done some amazing themes, but he absolutely murdered that Hitman theme by put, like just chucking guitars all over it. It was just sounded horrific. Do you mean that he's the one he we got in 94, the one he got in like 2014? Yeah, um, 94. Well, well, was it when he kind of came back from a knee injury or something? He kind of was away for a bit and then kind of came back and he had a different no, music. King of the Ring 94, I think, is when he first used it. But the one with like the big screechy intro. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then they did, another, just... they did another theme for him in 20... Was it 2012? I can't remember when he came back. And that was pretty awful as well. Why Why give him new music? His old music's yeah. iconic. Why do we need exactly. new music? That old one was brilliant with the synth going and stuff. And like, you know, you could... exactly, you've got the kind of rocky Hitman synth, and then you've got the kind of the the Jake the Snake one is that kind of a bit slower, a bit moodier. again fits it with his character that kind of like um, the, um, I don't know if it fit him quite as a heel it wasn't quite heel music well the chances um, music didn't it they had, you had the trust me theme for the heel yeah one. really good yeah for that original one I'm thinking about it if I'm talking since and the 80s I, you mm, can't, I thought you can't about ignore Macho, uh, the million dollar man well well um, I think I think we'll have to do that in the 90s because he didn't actually have it in the 80s what, the original, the uh, Million yep, Dollar Man yep. music? D- didn't have any music. He just came down to no music at all. You go on the network, yeah. Really? Zero oh, music. Yeah. <laughs> not even that. Not yep. even, okay. And um, my kind of uh, wild card entrance to the 80s would be the music <laughs> for the Doctor of Style, Slick. I do like that one. I've, I've got a little... Because um, you open up a few events with that music and I just think it's such a good uh, music to open up a, a pay-per-view with. I, I don't know why, but I do I think it's a good piece of music. It is. I don't remember Slick's music. You know, they're like... Oh, yeah, you remember Akeem Dancer? I remember, remember that. Akeem dancing. Some people like walk around their work yeah. dancing like Akeem. Who would do that, Cameron? That I is just know. terrible. Who would do that? <laughs> Who would do that? I mean, there's issues around Slick. Like, I think the music video for the song has him eating fried chicken. <laughs> so there's 
yeah wow. it's not it's not good but the actual music itself is cracking i don't know who i don't know if that was another again a, a, a jimmy hart one or if that was a jimmy it Johnson might be song. because it was edited that, that was a belt it was edited out the first release of the um wrestlemania collection when they did it on the box set and that was edited out uh, so when the when the boss yeah. man came down he would have like um is theme and it's like well he hasn't got that for another eight years or something but here he is in 1990 yeah, with this, this theme music you know so that's me like I, I, I'm a synth boy I, I'm, I'm fully into Jim, uh, John Carpenter and that kind of oh, music the, like, that the kind of thing music the and thing's the kind of got a fantastic stuff, so. most John Carpenter um, movies have his uh, latest album is brilliant, by the way. I thoroughly recommend it on Apple Music or wherever you get your music. Um, so, yeah, so any of the kind of synthy ones. Um, but if I had to pick, if you had to kind of help me down and punch me in the face, like I said, I'd probably be Jake the Snake. Just because that kind of the kind of rolling synth voice is brilliant. I really love it. Just a tidbit about Jake the Snake's music. It was originally used for Saturday night's main event. Really? They used it for that and somebody was just sat there and go, you know what, yeah. that'll make a great theme for somebody. Yeah. And yeah, oh. and, uh, yeah. Yeah, the the, the the actual WrestleMania theme for something because obviously they are, at some point they just began buying in songs for the kind of you know the songs brought to you by whatever generic band popular at the moment. But you know the very theme of the Conquistadors is um, I can't remember was it WrestleMania Seven's kind of uh, was it like six to seven I think six, is seven, that kind of theme possibly eight as well yeah yeah, yeah I think so. yeah. So that's where you can do for the next decade. But I think, you know, the, the actual show music themselves was quite good in places and the intro music for the shows and that sort of thing, you know, separate from the rest of the actual show music was some of those were cracking as well. Have we mentioned, let's see, that this call's been sort of cutting out a little bit for me, so I, I, we might have already mentioned him. But as far as, like, music suiting the character of a wrestler, I don't think in the 80s you got any closer than Rick Rude. Oh, but no one's mentioned that yet, but that's a good choice. Ooh, no. Well, that's well, a shout. Where I'm going, then I'm going Rick Rude. I'll tell you that, Cam, but if you you listen, you watch any Rick Rude match on the network, you won't get that no. theme music. <laughs> not, the, not that one, but it, it... Yeah, they get some generic, very closely resembling it, but not, not the original. Because oh, no, it worked, no. I mean, because it's like, it kind of suited his act, because not only was it his entrance music... But he would have his little bit where he was like, you know, slag off the audience yeah. and then remove the robe and then it carried on. In that minute. It just suited both mm. kind of thing. And it is, it, you know, you cannot use that music as a face. No. And actually, I don't think he ever was. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, going, hey, I love me. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my vote. I'm rubber stamping it. He's Rick Rude. All right. Have you heard Rick wow. Rick Rude's WCW theme? Yes, I must have, but I don't remember it. Oh, I think it's fantastic. It, it's very similar to Shawn Michaels' "Sexy Boy." Theme. Yeah, it is. Um, he's got he's simply ravishing, and it's a really good theme. Probably my favourite WCW theme, yeah. So that's something to listen to. Cool. It is pretty good. All right, I might have to get. Something I wanted to kind of touch on because, like, you know, WCW's music, like whenever we kind of done the the um, uh, the, sh- the shows on the pay per views on the show, like their music is kind of almost to to a man. They got terrible entry mm-hmm. music, entrance music, but I kind of mentioned it before the record. But I always felt like you know. Jim Johnson kind of like stands across all of the WWE music for like you know thirty years, 
but there never seemed to be that kind of figure for WCW. Um, they just seemed to just kind of like reach into the kind of free music <laughs> cupboard and just pull out a random song for the wrestlers, and that was kind of about as far as it went. Um, apart from you know, Ric Flair's probably one to mention because obviously oh, yeah. his music was as like probably like as iconic of like the Macho Man's. Well, I'm, kind of you know the um, I'm going to be controversial here. Oh, uh, I preferred his WWE theme. You know, he's 1992. Uh, maybe it's because I associated yeah. it with the Rumble. But I always prefer his boom, 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 boom theme. Boom, boom, uh, yeah. boom, I know boom, most boom. people like him for Space Odyssey theme, but for me, no, I much prefer his uh, his '92 theme. Yeah, but like, if you kind of think of like the the WWE music from the '80s, like I know we didn't really see, get it much over here in the UK, but like when we got when we gone back to the shows, the music's just terrible because there isn't that kind of kind of guiding hand behind it to, to craft the yeah. music to the wrestlers. Like I say, they're just they're just pulling out whatever kind of generic music they've got in their cupboard that they do have to pay any kind of license fees for and just chuck it onto the speakers when the guy comes out. <laughs> I like, I like oh. the idea of WCW just having a cupboard full of like music. <laughs> they just go into it like rumbling, 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 rumbling around, going, "Oh, where the fuck is it? Oh, that'll do." I guarantee you that's how it works. Because w- when I was in college, we literally had like a big locker full of CDs. No, that no, were, like, no. like license. It would just music. be loads of um, old cassette tapes and no boxes, no boxes. No, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Is it rewound? Is it side A, side B, or just uh, put it in? No, 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 just put it in. Uh, we, just, we, t- we literally had like a big catalogue and it was like, you know, you, you want to find you know, TV intro music or like uh, classical music or summer music. Or there's, we did find a like an adult, mu- adult hey. music section in there as well for that kind of music. <laughs> and you would just, you know, find the CD and then that would be your music, you know. That's why I, I guarantee like in, the, like in the TBS offices, they had some kind of big locker full of stuff. And they were like, right. Give that to I don't know uh, Rackleman. Off he goes. Some um, some honourable mentions from the eighties. I'll quickly go through before we move on to nineties. Okay. Is uh, when when you say yeah. synthesizers, you got to love Mister Perfect's music. Yes. Oh, oh God, of course. Yeah. Oh, um, and of course, Warriors music was another big one. Mm-hmm. That, that suited the character pretty well. I always felt. Yep, it was quick. Um, it was over in about a minute, and uh, that was about it, really. Yeah, the shugging heads down guitar riff. The may as well not have stopped the music for his match. The may as well have stopped the music running for his match. Just kept it going. That makes all the sense. He could have been years ahead of his time for like you know playing his music during his match. He could have been. He could have been the WCW version of New Jack, only with yeah. So just sort of thinking, New Jack had that ECW, didn't they? They would play like his songs during the match. Uh, and um, the demolition, of course, Rick Derringer again. Yeah, uh, was another great, a great yeah. theme song, which I thought fitted the theme very, very well. Uh, the Honky Tonk Man theme, I think, deserves a little mention. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yes, because like I, as I was kind of going through this, I kind of was kind of put together like a little subcategory of wrestlers singing their own theme tunes. Ooh, because it's Honky singing his singing his tune, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, on that yeah. one, I think. Obviously, Million Dollar Man does his yeah. lyrics on his on his theme tune. Obviously, like maybe nineties now, as we know, as we now know. Um, and obviously, like you know, we'll go, we'll go through to like Shawn Michaels and even like um, Tyler Breeze had a bit of like that kind of thing as well. So, I I think it works more for heels yes. for definite. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, nice. I always kind of like have a little soft spot when you when you hear the music and they're singing themselves to the ring. I, oh, I quite like yeah, that. Yeah, Mr. Classic one. Don't forget the Mountie. Oh God, yes, oh, of course. All of these aren't so much singing, more just talking. Well, the mountain's just glossy. Well, yeah, but it still works because. But the thing is, they 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 think they're singing. Well, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, makes yeah, it so easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, listen to my awesome singing. Behold my voice. You should be proud to hear this. And then it's just like terrible. So when we move on to the nineties, I think this is an interesting decade because it starts pretty much 
very similar to the eighties, yep. but we end up in the attitude era. So it's quite a, an interesting decade. This one. It's a wide breadth here, isn't yeah, it? Love songs. I don't even know what to pick. There's, there's a few. Oh, I think. I'll, I'll I I've, I've got one. I've got one here. Sure, yeah, somebody else kick us off. So I've got one here, and I apologise in advance. In that way, I don't apologise in advance. For me, the 1990s is summed up by breaking glass by a man coming out with a bald head and a black <laughs> jacket. It's still called Steve Austin. I won't do what you tell me. To me, that is nineties. Yeah. That that is the it's the Hogan theme, isn't it's it? It's the Hogan, Hogan theme all Hogan over again. 90s. Uh, for the for the nineties. Exactly what I was completely yeah. gonna make it it's real American yeah. for nineties, isn't it? it? Is it fits it, it fits into the with the character, fits in with the zeitgeist, it fits in with yep. everything. It just like just encapsulates the entire thing, doesn't it? The entire attitude it's just in that one incredible. song. Incredible, and you, you even again it hits the mark of by even the not even the first opening bars. You have the glass shatter, the crowd goes nuclear. Because they know they're about to see Stone Cold yeah, come out and yeah. probably kick somebody's head in. Yeah, I mean, it would. I, I don't know if like Stone Cold's theme tune would work without the glass shard at the start. No, no, it needs that. Did he ever have it without the glass shard? No. no. No, but he had that weird music when he was the ringmaster. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yeah. Okay. We don't talk about the ringmaster. Don't talk about the ringmaster. But yeah, I would. Um, I would say yeah, that's the. Crack so that, that's that my one. pick for the nineties anyway. Yeah, it's weird because, like, say, so you got like kind of wide breadth to it. Because, like, again, kind of like um, uh, Shawn Michaels' "Sexy Boy." That was with Sherry yeah. or him singing it. That's uh, that kind of crosses the divide, doesn't it? Because that he's obviously he uses that at the um, uh, was the heel turn ninety two, ninety three, yeah, ninety two, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he yeah, he he isn't it? And he's using that until the end of the decade when he leaves, isn't it? So that's uh, that's an interesting one because that seems to be able to kind of cross across barriers. You know, it's like heel face all well, sorts. Again. That's a kind of strong one. I preferred one. the Sherry version, I've got to say. It's the le- it's the mm-hmm. less famous of the two, but I preferred the Sherry version to the to the Shawn Michaels version. Yeah, he wasn't with Sherry that long, was he? It was like a year I or think two. It was, yeah. I think it was just to uh, establish him as a heel then, obviously. Once it got... wasn't even the year. I don't even think he finished 92. Really? Um, yeah, because they were fighting, you know, um, Jeanette hit her with a mirror at the end of 92. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's still, Sherry's still around no, WrestleMania yeah. 9 in 93. But she's into Tanker's Corner. Oh god, yeah, so she that's is. That's a weird combination. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't, I have no recollection of that. <laughs> oh god, yeah, I just remembered that. Lu- Luna's in, Luna's in Shawn Michaels' corner. Oh god. yeah, oh my god, yeah. Jesus Christ! I need to find uh, video footage of that to just witness it. <laughs> to tank and Cesaro. Theory. Well, you said you vowed you'd never watch WrestleMania um, Nine, <laughs> I, and I stick to that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like Shawn Michaels I think is in, it's an interesting one because it kind of crosses the decades but if I like the ones I kind of go back to again there's, I've got kind of two where I kind of get hung up on and one's um, Edge and Christians because I think they sneak in you know just wait, before wait, the which, 2000s which, which song are you going for the You Think You Know Me song You Think You Know Me Yeah, the original one like, with the, uh, the kind of board and drums. And then um, uh, Chris Jericho is music. The Y2J would sneak in. Yeah, uh, break the wall down. Yeah, that, yeah, I was going to say it would be in 99 last yeah. couple of months of the 90s, yeah. definitely.
so that's uh, yeah because that's the thing again it just uh, I think my problem with the Jericho one to pick it like because the the beginning is quite convoluted oh, like it hasn't got oh, the kind of crash oh, oh, straight oh, in it's got the kind of that and the lights down that kind of thing but once it starts up it's uh, yeah again it kind of fits with the begin with really because well. there's that bit at the start of Jericho Star goes with the countdown yes and then usually get the pyro and then you know, break the wall. You always have the pyro. He, he debuted this pyro. I remember that. Did he debut with the pyro? I didn't know yeah. they, like they thought he was like, you know, he's just a WCW guy. You know, he's gonna be where. No, he was, he, was, he was. He was a big, big signing because I think they realised what WCW weren't doing with them, so they wanted to push him to the moon. And obviously, night one, he came out and confronted the Rock on Raw, so that's that's kind of a big deal at the beginning. So yeah, yeah but then he made a few debuts against Road Dog. Well. Yeah, but you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> a crying road dog. But <laughs> he's not the rock. <laughs> it sounds like you are, Cameron. Sounds like you well, are. Getting there, but I'm really briefly because although I don't think the New Age Outlaws had a brilliant theme song, it's just that road dog bit at the start, isn't it? Yes, which leads into the bit in the ring <laughs> with every yeah. single time. Yeah. You know, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> children of the ladies, D Generation X, proudly bringing the youth. <laughs> yeah, that one, blah. But just that, do, 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 yeah. do, that's it, and him talking, that sort of works uh, really well. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the as the, as the intro, yeah. as like the intro noise, the dun, 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 that dun, 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 but after yeah. that, he kind of dropped yeah, it. Yeah, because you started struggling to remember it without Road Dog doing the, you know, you, you know, you're asking to call somebody, you know, which gives it a bit of a novelty factor, I suppose. But I wouldn't play the ones he used to do with, um, like, K Quick or um, R Truth. <laughs> And that was like get rowdy. Yeah. Or who remembers the three life crew from TNA? Oh no. <laughs> that was Is that the one where they were no. the, like the Voodoo Kin Mafia because yes. of PKM? Yes, that whole cringe period of TNA. Got fire from the WDF when they really crap and they you know, let's challenge yeah. Triple H and Shawn Michaels to a fight. When <laughs> <laughs> it's just like right, okay, fair enough, whatever. <laughs> I just realised I kind of said like in last bit I quite like wrestling singing himself to the ring but this is kind of reminding me of Men on the Mission oh, oh god, god. Well, Oscar, Oscar, no, I think we need to put this in a different category <laughs> later on. I think <laughs> it's not the because there was, I think, you know, as good as the decade got with the music, there was some, there was some low points, wasn't there, on the way to get there? there were quite Definitely. a few, yes. You were about nineteen ninety five, where there was a hell of a lot of low points in that. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? To the point where I think the entire industry flatlined. <laughs> <laughs> well, WWF did a good job of it, and WCW were just just trying to like carry on that trend. Well, I think as well, WCW '95 probably became like the Hogan show before Hogan became interesting again. Yes, yes, yeah. So it's with the um, ah, oh, what are they called? The, the Dungeon of Doom, whatever they were called. Yeah, the Dungeon Jeez. of Doom. You know, getting rid of Hulk Hogan, Kevin Sullivan going, yeah, Sullivan, my son. Oh lord, that, that was stuff. Was, that was amazing, y'all. This 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 doesn't seem like the where my little Hulkamaniacs. That whole segment where he's in the cave. It's just, oh my god, that was the greatest thing ever put the film. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely something. How Hogan didn't win the Oscar that year, I'll never know. It was great, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, you know, know, he should have won it for Suburban Commando, but then along comes this tower. Really? Oh, God, Suburban (laughs) Commando. Who's who's left to pick the 90s theme? That'd be Cameron. Phil knows what's coming. 
Oh no! I do know what's coming because Phil's already, he's already uh, revealed his decision. Phil's read this um, this running gag in the uh, book um, for Kiss <laughs> for the Pay Per View project. <laughs> in that it has to be the Undertaker's Ministry theme. It's it's really good. Because yes. <laughs> well, you see, the thing is, when I got back into wrestling after like stopping in '96 and got back into it, part of the reason why I got back into it is because I played the PlayStation WWF games. Okay. One of which is Attitude, and I remember picking the Undertaker and then hearing this, you know, <laughs> and I was like, when the hell did he get that? <laughs> I was just like, I just didn't, I didn't, I thought I was expecting the bong and then the bell. It did not happen, and I was like, "I'm not sure what this is, but it pleases me." Have you heard when he teams up with Big Show? Yes. Uh, the Undertaker's Ministry theme. The, the Unholy yes. Lions theme. Oh, no, that's another good one as well. Think very similar. <laughs> very similar to this one. It's, it's a good one. The camera's like, no, no, no. Don't no. care about it. No. Memories alone. Just don't. Well, I think that when I, when I kind of got back in, one of the first like, one of the first tapes I bought was like an Undertaker tape, and I think like that music was quite heavy, like in like the kind of second half of it when it kind of goes through that that period. I think it ends on that kind of that bit, that big theme. So that again was like me one of the things that's like, oh, what's the Undertaker? Where's this? Where's this kind of sad music? What's going on here? I don't understand. I'm confused. I, I get actually, my pick works out quite good coincidentally. Ooh, um, I don't know two songs with the same wrestler Ooh. but one at the start of the um, era and one at the end of the era which makes it quite good okay. I've mentioned them uh, briefly before but it's the big boss one. Oh. <laughs> okay. and of course you've got I believe we've discussed these hard time music before <sighs> yeah, we've yes. discussed the lyrics <laughs> and you've obviously got that and again that's I think it's a great fit isn't it a great fit for, um, for the boss man for these uh that bit at the start is goes boom, another bit on me, and then <laughs> yeah, and it sounds then, just like that. I, I think it does as well. Boom, anyway, <laughs> and then you fast forward to eight years or so later, and he gets his um, corporation type music. You know, he's bump, 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 bump that music, and I yeah. think that's a really good tune as well. Uh, I think it's fit the boss man pretty well, and I do think that's a very, very good piece of music um, that 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 they produced. True. Uh, I suppose we should uh, mention, um, yeah, your boy Vince McMahon's music because his theme called was it uh, the Valentine's Day Masco when it started? The No Chance uh, music or was it the Rumble? Rumble. Yeah, Rumble, yeah. yeah. That's you that know, was theme, it was a theme for the Rumble. It was. Yeah, but that's kind of hung around for you know two decades since, wasn't it? It's like it became his like yeah. kind of theme music. So yeah. it is. It's a good fit as well, actually. I mean, yeah, loads. This is a product. I think there's a lot to cover, so I'm going to do a few honourable mentions as quick as I can. We got to mention the Rock's music. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with his little again with the voice at the start makes it doesn't it? The, uh, that's what makes the song. Undertaker's had various versions, but from the original graveyard theme to adding some little bits into the ministry music, there's been so many Undertaker themes. Shawn Michaels another iconic one. You didn't think the Bret Hart one was too hot in this era, Phil? No, no. no. See, the Jim Johnson guy got his got his dirty paws yeah. on it. He's ruined it. <laughs> yep. I wasn't a big fan of Diesel's theme either. I like Diesel's original theme, which is constant horn noises. <laughs> but, uh, but then they changed it, and I wasn't too thing for that. 
One of my favourite themes which didn't stick around too long was Sid Justice's uh, 91 theme. Yeah, it was on the Super Nintendo if that helps. Oh, it's violins kinda going on, you know. Did you No, that's his ninety seven, ninety sorry, ninety five one that'll be one that he's uh dirt 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 yeah. but again that's still still a good theme. Um no one remembers it. It's the mighty's one that's not been mentioned yet. Razor Ramon. The screeching tire, yeah, and then um, the kind of just the kind of the, 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 the kind of laconic beat that kind of fit his kind of stroll to the ring. That was a good one. Um, and just I, I, I can't name any other examples other than one. This does go back to the eighties. Is wrestlers from countries using country music? Does that make sense? Like the bull, <laughs> yeah. the bull, the yeah. bulldog used uh, Britannia, didn't he? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bulger. Was that the Finnish national anthem? I don't know it off by heart. It must have been. The... It must have been, surely. I mean, you also thought the original brothers was All American Boys. <laughs> yes, that, that was that was quite good. I try to think of any. The Mountie used a, a variation before he used the I Am the Mountie yeah. theme, but again, I'm not sure if that was any sort of. Oh, oh Cameron, you're slow on the mark here. Yeah? What are you missing? Thinking. What am I missing? Scotland the Brave. Oh god, yeah, Piper. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a, that's another one, obviously. I like how you didn't uh, bug you about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> just let it go. On. I just let that happen. It was wonderful. Um, I can't think of it. There must be more. I'm sure there's more. If we sat and thought about it, but um... oh yeah, but there's, 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 the 90s was a yeah. good era for music. I think we can say that. The classic one, Legion of Doom, of course. Oh, with the water, again, the one yeah. rush. Oh yes, perfectly, didn't it? I, I mean... suppose like at the same time, like, we got all these kind of songs on, and then off to one side, there's ECW not giving a single damn about licensing songs no. <laughs> and just playing whatever for anybody, weren't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. They well, to be honest, they, in that time period, they weren't getting that much of attention. But obviously, as time went on into the two thousands, they kind of got a bit more about that because you yeah. know they were on like pay per view and they didn't want to get like screwed out of existence. Paul Heyman knew from day one that one day Vince McMahon would have to buy the library and edit everything out. So he was just like, <laughs> right, we're just going to lose all yeah. this music. <laughs> Cost them as much money as possible, make it as awkward as possible, to take out all this, all this their music. Yeah, yeah, play it over the entire match. That's going to really mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I think there's some kind of damage done to Sandman's entrances in the ECW on the network by not having Enter Sandman.
Yes. Yes. Hmm. I mean, it's like uh, when we did um, yeah. One Night Stand 2005, we watched the network version, didn't we? And it's like that entrance for Sandman for that tag match with, with Tommy Dreamer is just half the impact it usually would have had by the fact of having some generic chugging rock there. It'll be his WF theme. I didn't even have a WF theme then, I don't know, but yeah. It did, but it was just like, you know, for not having Metallica, it's just because the whole crowd starts singing along. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to cause issues mm-hmm. there, isn't it? Yeah, that's going to make it. So you've got this kind of like, you know, but every, you know, they've tried to reduce the volume, but you can still hear everyone kind of going, enter night. As you would do if you were there and, you know, a bit later. Yeah. Yeah. A bit, yeah. 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 The crowd were a bit Larry, weren't they? Each of your weariness. They were like, yeah. They were very a little bit Larry. I mean, what? Rob Van Dam had Walk by Pantera for a while. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. Yeah. Did what did Raven have in ECW? Did he not have something that was amazingly copyright breaking as well? <laughs> uh, Raven has come out and played by the Offspring. So we did. Yeah, that was it. Which seems really not part of his character when you think about it now. Well, not what it evolved into, but at the time it made sense. There is a lot of 90s um, <laughs> themes, and I think we missed them all. There's Kane's, Big Shows, Mankind's, Jesus, it's like a, a list, isn't there? Yeah. So, there you go. Stop judgment. Is the 90s music better than the 80s music? Well, sadly... To a degree, it has to be because things have moved forward. Yeah. You know, production techniques or whatever is is moved forward and stuff. But I think there's a lot of them 80 themes uh, still counted as uh, very much classics. I would say, possibly more. You know, you would say there's more forgotten themes in the 90s than you would in the 80s. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you yeah. that. Totally. But we, we we need to make these arbitrary decisions about what what's better. That's the whole point of the podcast. Well, uh, oh god, are we going down this road? <laughs> so we well. I've, <laughs> For me, I've got to... That's the point of the internet, isn't it? To make arbitrary decisions about what's best and stick well, to I've it. Well, I've got to side with you in on this one, and it has to be Austin soon, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, hang on, before I make me vote, have we all decided Hogan's was the best of the 80s? I would. Good, good. Yeah. I'll stick with... If you, I would, if you would, I'd probably say Hogan's was, yeah. If you inside with me, I'll say yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> hey! Because it's one of the things, like, when you think of wrestling from the 80s, you, you invariably think of Hogan's theme. Yeah. yeah. And when you think Lots of wrestling in the 90s, it's the glass break. You know, that's that's the kind of... The, it, it just defines that whole period, doesn't it? So moving yeah. on, what yeah. would define 2000s? Oh, look at that segue. <laughs> beautiful, Alan. Oh, beautiful. He's form, It's almost like he's got something else to do. Uh, I know, right? Well, this is where we're kind of entering my, my kind of blind spot because this is like around 2000, 2001 is when I dropped out of wrestling and didn't come back for a decade. So like a lot of this period... I've got really kind of no connection to the music at all. Well, it gets a bit messy, I think, because they bring in outside artists like um, Rob Zombie, Disturbed, I don't know who else. Everyone's doing the theme, aren't they? Yeah. Um, DC, oh, yeah. Oh, God. DC, yeah. Uh, Olympus, yeah. He's getting a little bloody rolling. Rolling. tune for a yeah. while. So, oh, God. So I don't want to think about for, that. For argument's sake, to keep this a little bit simplified, maybe we should just deal with in-house um, songs rather than external songs. Well, that kind of screws mine up because mine isn't even a WWE theme. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, you go with yours, you win, and we'll, we'll work on it from there. So, in the early 2000s, this is where 
I started discovering independent promotions. So I started watching a lot of CZW, a lot of Ring of Honor, and there was a small channel that was to thank for that, and that was a small channel called the Wrestling Channel, which is sadly departed. Um, That introduced me to a lot of promotions. So they would show IWA Mid-South, Christ knows how they got that on TV. Um, CZW, they'd show Ring of Honor, they would show Gara, they would show uh, some New Japan occasionally. And throughout watching all that, there was one particular person that stuck with me, and I think it was mainly because of his music. And the person I'm talking about here is CM Punk's music in Ring of Honor, Miseria Cantera by AFI. I've never heard it's this. Interesting. I've never you, heard if, it either, Cameron, so I cannot if, comment. If you hear it, you would understand. So it starts off quite <laughs> slow, man. It's like, and it kicks into just... Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. It's quite almost tribal. Sounds like the term. I'm just trying to say it sounds like the term. I'm not doing it justice, but with CM Punk's character in Ring of Honor, he was very much on the straight edge train. Um... That was his main sort of thing. He actually had a feud with Raven in the early days because Raven came in and basically was a drug alcoholic piece of shit. And Punk was basically, that's not me, that's not me, that was what my dad was. You know, I'm going to defeat you to, you know, show that Straight Edge is better. You know, Straight Edge is better than you. So for me, growing up from that sort of, you know, it's kind of like, wow, this is like, because I obviously didn't realise there was anything else out there besides WWF because that's all we had. Yeah. Or at least that's all we had access to. But the wrestling channel was a massive gateway to me. And I also need to shout out the UK fan forum as well, the UKFF. I, uh, I'm not sure if famous is the right word for it, but um, <laughs> it, it's a thing that's out there in the world. And it, it, that just sort of introduced a lot of different things. So for me, the 2000s is mostly made up of trying to obtain as much wrestling as I could and this was back in the good old days where you would get tapes in the post and uh, these tapes were um, not legal in the slightest. I I partook in some of that as well Yes, tape trading was a wonderful, wonderful, very not legal thing altogether because well, it was just ripping off copyrighted material but you know. I managed to get Royal Rumble 88 and King of the Ring 91, I was so pleased (laughs) Nice (laughs) I think for me, this whole era just harkens back to waiting on the post coming and being so excited to get a tape in the post. And I think that's kind of lost nowadays because everything's online. You know, you can go to the yeah. network and put something on straight away. Whereas back in the day, you had to wait. Even in 2000, you had to maybe wait for a DVD to come in the post or wait for a video to come in the post and then hope <clears> that <throat> if it was a tape, that should be watchable. Hmm. Yeah, you know, some of the quality wasn't is the it, best. It, it wasn't recorded on, on a potato, for example. <laughs> but wow. for for me, CM Punk's Ryan of Honor theme is just that's something that's just stuck in my head. I um I got I got the Pillman Memorial show, one of the Pillman Memorial shows through that Ooh. way. And that was the famous Regal Benoit match. Yes. Um I didn't know it at the time when I bought it. I thought, oh this sounds interesting, Carl. And yeah, <laughs> I've still got that somewhere, but yeah, it was a good little Regal Benoit show it was. 
I'm really struggling what I would go for here, to be honest with you. Because uh, we're kind of coming out like Van Damme's theme's pretty good. Um, trying to think who it was. I mean, there's loads, honestly, there's like there's so many in my brain can't pick them out uh, one by one sort of thing. Um, well, why don't we let Phil, Phil or Cam go and you can have a think out? Thank you. Thank you. And that's good. So, uh, one of you two boys. Well, again, let's say I struggled as well. Um, so the only one I kind of written down, so I had to double check and make sure he was using it in the in the north. So I think he started using it in the kind of mid two thousands. Um, again, it's one out a bit out of left field, um, but it's Shinsuke's Nakamura's and New Japan theme subconscious. is classic an absolute belter of a song if you've ever played like a japanese shoot up you'll like be dancing to it in about three seconds because it's it's amazing but (laughs) i can't i can't argue the point that it helped define the era (laughs) and it was like really popular because i say it was quite restricted it really kind of i think became more well known when um new japan kind of kind of came up in like 2012 13 14 kind of time when it when they, they kind of they, they, their network and that kind of thing started, but he was using it from about two thousand and six yeah. onwards, I think. So uh, that's my. But like, yeah. like I say, um, I wasn't really part of it. But the kind of if you talk about wrestlers who kind of defined the two thousands, it's people like Batista or John Cena, and yeah. you probably say like Cena's music kind of is probably the most iconic of the era. I always prefer his first theme as well, but not his second oh, theme. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That that the work life scene is the best scene. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> Probably not too. And just want to touch briefly on um, Kurt Angle's theme. I know it was just at the back of '99, but I thought it deserves a mention because that's another iconic theme, even though it was yeah. the Patriots theme. But I did think that's a I never liked it when they put the You Suck Trance in. I never liked that. To me, that really... I like that. I really spoke the Angle character, I always felt. Made him a bit too goofy for my liking. You could argue he was a goofy character, but I, I don't know. <laughs> with his little well, this, this is Kurt Angle that in a few years' time is in the dressing room with Austin wearing a tiny cowboy hat playing a tiny <laughs> toy uh, guitar. It's ukulele or something, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a wonderful scene. <laughs> Austin just wants to kill himself. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's me like I say because I wasn't really it, it took a long time for me to come back and dress into this whole period like say it's only kind of really kind of like um, seeing the wrestlers like the, for that period kind of wrestling now is that the kind of music it's kind of I've kind of kept to a bit I've, very few I've kind of really probably connected with so we'll see if Cameron uh, can supply uh, a, a silver bullet to this to this section um, once again I don't know if you mentioned it because I keep dropping in and out of this call uh, but uh, Triple H Motorhead Time to play the game! 
Oh, that's a good that is a shout. Oh, I also play the WrestleMania 17 entrance where um, Lemmy forgets the words. I'm very surprised he was actually standing up. Lemmy, isn't it? That's how he does. That's how he rolls. You know, pretty much. Pretty much. Imagine forgetting all lyrics. That's just That's a shout, though, because for the night, I do have a soft spot for the. What's it? It's my time, the one he had just before that. When he first became yeah. champ, and he oh, separated yeah. out from DX. That was I quite like that one, but yeah, the uh, the time to play the game. That's a, that's a cracking theme. It is. See, we won about Triple H and you know how he how, how his persona kind of affected the rest of the round him. But yeah, for entrance music, he's he's got some good he's got some good ones. He's one of the few people that you know as time moved on, as his character developed, his music developed as mm. well. It's it's quite interesting to see that. Yeah, I keep forgetting uh, he had that other theme tune when he first broke away from DX, when he had the, you know, this on, do, yeah. do, 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 do. <laughs> And then, yeah. yeah, I remember that one. Because he had that one sort of like Rumble yeah. 2000, didn't he? That the one first pay per view. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And then um, he's, obviously the Motorhead stuff came a lot later, then time for sort of WrestleMania 17 the year later. Yeah. Um, it was the Key Kings and like the Evolution theme and that sort of thing. Yeah, he had the yeah the evolution themes all again done by Lemmy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had loads, mostly done by Motorhead. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they're the religious. But they're not really like I think we said like we're going to exclude kind of songs from outside, but they were written for him, weren't they? They weren't kind of songs yeah, that they picked up. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's, yes. he was quite he was quite friendly with Lemmy. So, uh, and you yeah. can freely you can freely listen to it on the network, so it's not too bad either. Yes, yes, you can. Uh, <laughs> my my song is similar vein. I think it is because um, you're gonna tell me who sings it because I can't remember. But that would maybe go for Edge's theme. Metalingus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's a pretty cool it's a good I think that's a pretty cool song. Thing about, the weird thing about uh, that song, though, right, and I heard it on... Edge was on some interview on YouTube the other night. It might have been The Bump or something like that he was on and I was watching it. And he reckons that he has grown into that theme song more now than it ever was when he used it previously. Because if, ah, huh. if you listen to the lyrics... It does describe about how it's like someone making a comeback against all the odds. All right. And it's he reckons it's really really weird how the songs kind of, you know, almost giving him indications of what was going to happen later on in his career. You know, he had to go away and now he's come back. Kind of idea. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. You know, if you listen to like the, the, the lyrics of Metalingus is, um, uh, you know, on, on this day, then it is really. Almost mm-hmm. kind of weirdly eerie. Yeah, uh, it's it's very 
that's a definitely yeah, a good one. Because again, yeah. that pop at the Rumble last year was, you know, when you get the. On this day, you were just like, bloody hell, it is him. Yeah. Edge's return to the Rumble was kind of ruined for me because Kevin Dunn couldn't just stop changing cameras and they missed the fucking spear. <laughs> yeah, that's the bit yeah. crappy. How? And then they missed it again well, this year. I'm, I'm just going to quickly, uh, irrelevant story, but I want to quickly do it. Jake Roberts uh, was in seven Royal Rumbles. Seven Royal Rumbles. And he would give the sign for the DDT okay. and the fans would go mad. We never hit it. Never hit the move in the Royal Rumble. He would always like, get backdropped out the rope when he goes to go over it. Never did it. However, he came back in 96 had a few few little teasers and then he got Savio Vega and he hit the DDT <laughs> and oh. the camera panned away exactly yes. as he hit the DDT yes it's almost like a this is why we kind of went to the I don't know sometimes I wonder um, anyway I'm going to have to wrap my book up a little bit quickly apologies boys but if we are going to go okay. into the, the modern era um, again there's uh-huh. more but what's really strange is themes are relevant that shouldn't be relevant. We shouldn't be talking about the relevance of Goldberg's theme in, in, the, you know, in the modern era, should we? But it's, it's got relevance. Let's <laughs> oh, about Goldberg you know, the better. There's, there's probably other guys, Undertaker's theme still around, Triple H's theme still around, you know. There's there's, uh, there's probably more. Big Shows, for instance, you know, the themes that should yeah. be not really relevant for wrestlers, yeah. maybe for comebacks, you know, uh, but not for people who are edges even. People are in in-ring competition, yeah. but for me, I think without thinking about it too much, I would go for punk's music. I think he might did it. Mm, did he have it one. in 2010? I wasn't sure if he got it. He did. Yes. So, hang on, do I qualify? Yes. No, I yes. didn't qualify. Don't I? Just which about. one are we talking about? The the one he the most famous one, the cult of personality. Cult of personality. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was going to yeah. say it's either that yeah. or um, Avenge Sevenfold, Fire Burns. That was his other one. Oh, oh that, that was Kill Switch Engage. That was it. Yeah. Um, that that ah. for me, I think, I think, like a lot of fans, we just want to hear it one more time, you know, like in a, in a, in a big mm. match environment. We just want to, yeah, just want to hear it over the speakers in the crowd. We're going mental when they're absolutely mental. If um, if like the Royal yep. Rumble had no number thirty buzzed and that came on, and and for me, I think that's what makes it such a good theme because. We likely it is. We may never hear it again, but everyone wants to hear it again. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? So I think to me that's what um, makes it a really it good thing. Didn't like Paul Heyman get it? Did. Play it yeah, in Chicago it was. Yeah, yeah. But it was in Chicago, and it was literally like I, no. I remember that the other day. It was literally like four months after he left. So I, yeah. I thought it was like years and years and years later. It was not. <laughs> It was four months. It was four it months. So it was. It was all still very fresh. It wouldn't yeah. be before the podcast then, wouldn't it? Uh, well, what did he left in twenty fourteen? Because he did it at the end of the year, I think. Like yeah, November time. Did, yeah, when he did the art of wrestling. Yeah, and then him and Colt Cabana promptly sued each other. Yeah. Any um, <laughs> a few. I do still a few honourable mentions. Um, I like Christian's current theme. Well, whenever he got it, the the. Waterproof is it waterproof, waterproof blonde? blonde? Yeah. There's two versions of it, isn't there? There's, yeah. It's a no. Hang on. Does, does waterproof blonde originally do it, and then there's somebody else does it now? Am I getting confused? Might be. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I like both versions of it, and 
I like Bobby Roode's, I think, uh, theme deserves a little mention. Because <laughs> it's oh, glorious. Yes. Yeah. We'll be coming back to that one. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm just trying to think of honourable mentions for me worst ones just before I go. But to be fair, I, I think um, they might have hit the uh, nail on the head by mentioning Men on the Mission previously. Um, <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah, oh, I think on. so. But you have a good uh, finish it off, lads, and I will speak to you all very soon. Well, all right, Bye. take care. Bye. 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 Have a good Bye. sleep. Uh, the question is, how do I end this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this new technology. Or just like the call or just everything in general? Just, just... The only option it gives me is join voice. It doesn't say exit. Huh? It's like a little disconnect thing at the end. Are you on the... I don't know about the app. <laughs> yeah, there should be a hang up button or a disconnect button or something. Or just turn your phone on and off and on. Hang on, hang on. I have, I have... <laughs> down the Discord app. Just close the app. Yeah, hang that's on. it. Sorry, guys. This is. Hang on. If I take me, hang on. Uh, hang on. Oh. I can disconnect him. I think I can. I can kick you. Oh, can you kick oh, yeah, me? Yeah, out? You can kick me. Yeah. Disconnect With great pleasure, I'm going to disconnect Alan. What a day! Bye, Al. Bye, bye. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. That was much longer than half an hour. Did we pick a best for the 2000s then? I don't think we got that far. You know what? I'm just going to say John Cena. Yeah, it's a good one. Not necessarily the best, but I think it defines that kind of period of of, uh, of the wrestling yep. because you know he was on top for the kind of majority of it. And yeah, like I can't think of anything I say. There's um. Like who was it? Um, you see, if he Woods had that big video when he was dancing to Batista's team at WrestleMania and that sort of thing. But maybe it's because I haven't got the kind of connection to that era. Like it's good, but I much prefer. Was it Legend Christian did the um the little Dave Batista lyrics to it? That was much better. Yes. We're so sorry, little Dave Batista. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Oh man. I'm so scared. Yeah. <laughs> on my own. Irregardless, little Dave Batista must leave you with this foster family. I'm so scared. By myself. Duly noted, little Dave Batista. We still have to leave you with this family. It's never going to go away. Oh my God, I almost had a heart attack. That might be the finest thing I've ever been involved with in my entire wrestling career was part of the creation of the theme music for Little Dave Batista. 2010s. So 2010s. this is when I kind of came back into wrestling. I think Alan kind of stole my thunder by mentioning the CM Punk theme. Yeah, Punk was one of the kind of people that got me back in, and that is 
like the kind of static at the beginning ah oh, it's a belter of a theme tune and the way they kind of again the lyrics reflect the rest of it even though technically it's an outside song so we shouldn't really yeah, have it it's borrowed yes yeah but this again it's weird how like it fits his character and also it's weird that Vince paid the money for to, to license it for as long as he did yeah they're still licensing that one on the network I think it still plays it I'll have to go back and double check but do, yeah, yeah I don't think it must I think I think Vince probably paid the whatever it is the same thing Tony Khan did to keep the the one for the Lee perpet- radio perpet- 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 perpetuity perpetual yeah so I was kind of going through like kind of one side um, like I just kind of wrote down like what was I liked I kind of wrote down I initially wrote down Bray Wyatt's theme the kind of initial slow one but then I was okay. I was having a chat through with Ethan about this and we decided that like it was the atmosphere of the entrance that made it a great song rather than the song itself yeah yeah that's like, just like doom yeah because it's like from that kind of um, is it CFOS period when they kind of took over Jim Johnson got hoofed out and then they kind of took over the lyrics which is where you kind of get to your boy Bobby Roode and Glorious I would argue though that this has yes. given us one of the a period of time where sometimes the music is more over than the actual wrestlers. Yeah, which I think is what happened with Correct. Bobby Roode. I think Bobby Roode's the biggest is, victim yes. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because here he is, like as, he, as a heel character, with this theme tune that everybody loves and wants to sing. It was kind of completely yep. his, his heel heel run up of the bees, which I think that was, and he was kind of flipped to a face. Like exactly when he shouldn't be. I think that kind of like derailed him a fair bit. You say, you say cut him in half, but Chris Jericho's just about to do that right now <laughs> in AEW. Well, flip over. He's been a heel since he yeah. heel since he came well, out. I did write the fans sing. I Judas. did write down. I did put Judas as one of my things because like that is a belter of a song. Oh yeah, yeah it's great. and is it probably is Judas probably the greatest example of a wrestler singing their own theme tune? Oh, <laughs> yeah, just to return so. to that, yeah, of course. By the fact it's like but an actual, uh, so. I'm going to say it's a proper song, but you know what I mean. He's not singing it. Yeah, he's not oh, singing oh, his oh. own theme tune to be a heel and be a cock. He's singing it because he's genuinely oh. got his own oh. rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like, it's just uh, it's like the audience seeing that part of the reason why you know, you want to turn the inner circle face because, like, the crowd singing the theme tune isn't necessarily unless it's Sammy Guevara singing it really badly. 
It always kind of bugged me <laughs> the way that people sang yeah. the theme tune, and it was like they reveled in it. And it's like he's supposed to be a heel. People shouldn't be drowning in the yeah. booze. Yeah. Oh, well, the thing is, Jericho never acknowledged them. That—that's the beauty of it. He just sort of let it happen. Like, like, all right, crazy this is all, thing this toward is the end of it. <laughs> well, I think because he knew that he was turning, so you know, he just obviously wanted yeah. the theory of fuck it. But I will, on a, on a total side note, did, we, did everyone watch Dynamite last uh, week? I watched the uh, the ending. Yeah, the how great was that angle was at brilliant. the end? It was done so well. MJF, MJF is fucking brilliant. He is. Yeah, he's a cracking heel. Like the way he did the way, the way he did like kind of like oh, I'm not been trying to break up the inner circle. I've been making my own. The way yep. he just kind of switched it at that point was just fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. And then boshing Hager over the, the bottle of wine and all sorts. That was yeah, it was cracking. <laughs> it's a bit mental. <laughs> Off we go, sort of thing. Yeah. So I also wrote down the um, the original Shield music. Which Ooh. obviously became Roman Reigns. It's kind of get it's weird. It kind of gets tainted by Roman Reigns, but now it's cool again because he's the tribal chief yeah. and he's wicked. That initial kind of you know the uh, the uh, was it this uh, Sierra Hotel Indigo Echo Lima Delta thing when they kind of came down through the crowd. Yeah, yeah, that was a great vibe. And yeah, so that was um, until fairly recently though. That was kind of the millstone around Roman Reigns' neck because I maintain that the reason that Roman Reigns got booed for as long as he did when they were trying to push him as a, like, a big baby face was the fact that he was the only member mm-hmm. of the Shield that never changed when they, when the Shield broke up. Yeah, he kept the uniform and all sorts, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he kept the uniform, he kept the yeah. music, he didn't change anything about his appearance or his moves. Now, even even now, something as simple as he wrestles bare-chested. Great, that's fine. And that's the... like it separates, it separates the character, doesn't it? Yeah, if he'd have done that three years ago, we might have been on a winner. <laughs> I'm guessing the thinking was there was such a cache in the shield at that time that it will just like if he keeps those things like that cache from the shield will roll over onto Roman Reigns. Yeah, with it pretty much had the opposite effect, didn't it? It kind of made people yeah, go away from him <laughs> because at least like Seth yeah. and Dean were like doing something a bit different with their characters. Yeah, but he's like, no, you're still pretending to be the cool thing that we liked, but you weren't the cool person that we like in it. So no, thank yeah. you. He was the least cool member of the shield. Yeah, he yeah. was. He had no charisma at all. He was just there. Yeah, and it's taken a while to learn it. You know, some new teeth and look at him. Well, it's, it's amazing what Paul Heyman does for you. Because <laughs> I, I maintain if Paul Heyman did not get excited with him, Roman Reigns would not be at the level he's at right now. No, definitely not. And I mean, yeah, I think we'd be, there was a risk, obviously, you know, it could be we're getting away from the topic of music here in a sort of modern day wrestling. But I think there's like a, a risk that when Paul Heyman went with Roman Reigns, it would have been seen as, oh, it's just because they can't get Lesnar back. They have to give him someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what makes it work is the fact that Heyman is a completely different Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, than he was with Brock Lesnar. With Brock Lesnar, he was the mouthpiece. He was the guy who was in charge. Yeah. And Lesnar was just the destroyer that he carried around with him all the play, all the time. Whereas with Roman Reigns, very much Roman Reigns is obviously the head of the table, and Heyman is just there to facilitate his needs. Yeah, yeah. he's just there to like sign the paperwork and collect the money. Yeah, I agree on that. 
Although, um, we didn't mention Brock Lesnar's team. Yeah, it's a good one because again, it's got the opening. Then it's just dun, dun, da, 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 yeah. Da, da, da. Like he really came back in. Was it 2012 when he came back? Yeah, something like that. But he came back and smeared Cena across the ring or whatever he did. That was a good moment. Oh, and again, like that kind of powerful music. That was a wonder. I was at the Raw SmackDown Super Show and Cena was like, talking about a variety of things. I think this was the. I think it was a Raw after WrestleMania or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. And. I remember that I will never forget the pop of the crowd when Lesnar's theme hit because everyone knew that Cena was about to get his head just <laughs> impaled and something <laughs> and lo and behold that happened he's just going to get it twisted off his shoulders that was nine years ago oh, stop it I know stop it so I think I probably agree with that I'll, I'll probably land on CM Punk at the end of this but what, what do you think one of you two so for me again it's going to show my bias this 2010 was the decade that i fell head over heels with japanese wrestling and in particular new japan and there was one particular person that when i say his name i think you two are going to agree and that is takeover the theme song of one katsuru shibata because you just had that you just had that little like that just kicks in literally in the case of Shabbat because you knew (laughs) the minute you heard that little calm before the storm you just knew that somebody was about to get their neck like you know just imploded (laughs) some very kind of (laughs) final stenosis was about to happen in the ring yes exactly somebody was about to get kicked very very hard <laughs> on a few occasions and for me it just it just summed up Shibata because it was the man's like calm on the the outside but inside the man is an absolute maniac and only when you really 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 piss him off do you get that anger coming out and the violence that ensued and it is, it is such a shame as Phil alluded to that he cannot be in the ring because well he can add that one match where he basically broke his brain essentially yeah he had bad himself out of a career didn't he essentially uh, it's a dumb spot but in hindsight you know it's amazing what that could be but for me that theme is definitely one that sticks with me and every time I hear it I mean I'll never forget when he came out to confront Kenta at the G1 a couple of years ago oh yeah it was, yeah, it was that long ago was it yeah yeah, and he did, he did the running drop kick into the corner and just absolutely murdered Kenta. <laughs> it was, it was. I was, I was yelling at the TV because I was so happy, and the crowd were going ballistic as well because they hadn't seen him in the ring doing anything physical for a couple of years, and all of a sudden he's just beating the shit out of Kenta. Yeah, happy days. It was a happy days. Yes. <laughs> so Cameron, I think it might come under like theme songs getting more over than wrestlers or I don't know if it does or it doesn't but um, Rising Sun Shinsuke Nakamura
That's a good one. Before the lyrics were added. Yeah, no, don't give no, me the lyrics first. Because that was when he did the whole thing with AJ Styles and WrestleMania. No, not that. No, 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 no. But yeah, when he came out with um, against Sami Zayn at that takeover. Oh, yeah, the takeover Dallas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that was, was like you know, and it, yeah, oh, all oh, the crowd oh, started oh, happy times. Probably mentioned that your old NXT went through a, a pretty good run of some cracking themes. There's like you know Finn Balor's, um, yep. a- uh, Askers. Yep, mm-hmm. Askers is brilliant. And push the future. That's a cracking one. Um, and then I think they fell out, didn't they? So I think they were kind of re- slowly replacing all their songs because they're no longer part of the WWE or something now. I think. Are they not? Something like that. Yeah, they, there's some kind of falling out, so I think they've been slowly replacing their their themes. Oh, okay. Like, I don't think Bobby Roode uses Glorious anymore, does he? I don't know. Well, he's teaming with um, Dolph Ziggler, mostly, so I'd imagine they just use Dolph's yeah. music. So, so it, it, it wouldn't be Glorious, then it'd be Mad Card. <laughs> I won't leave here. I won't leave here. <laughs> I would check in. We, we, talk, we talked a little bit about you know the, the worst theme tunes. I chucked Dolph Ziggler's in there. It's oh, pretty bad. Here, this in the world. Yeah. It's it's awfully generic. Yeah. Although, do you see? Oh, Kevin was on. They were someone was trying to find like who is the most generic wrestler that ended up being. I think. Um, oh, was it Ted DiBiase Jr. Whatever he's called. Oh, not him. Not Ted DiBiase Jr. I have to find the article and then um, uh, audit it. But it was like, that's, yeah, that's that's harsh. Leave the boy alone. But like there was actually there's like actual stats behind it about wind loss ratios and all sorts, and he came out like exactly fifty percent. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, we, um, I also kind of was thinking of um, the new day, and then I realised like again with like the road dog thing from earlier, like it, it's the beginning bit with Biggie shouting about yeah, what's yeah. going on. That's the bit you like. Yeah, because the, the actual music, music is just boom. Yeah, because it's or something like that, isn't it? It's just bass. Yeah, yeah. It's that yeah, kind it's of yeah. Good. It's the um, Oh, feel the power! Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always starting, you know, a new day, Matt. It's like going to go, oh, Philadelphia! <laughs> or whatever they are, yeah. It's just like, you know, feel yeah. yeah. Whatever location they're in at the time. Was it? Yeah. For your world's famous so... tag team champions, that one. <laughs> camera's yeah, off now, he's gone. He's on your first camera, and but... <laughs> it's just a new cam. What about, what about right now? What, what's everyone digging at the moment? Uh, entrance theme wise because I've got one that I really like I don't think so because I'm mainly watching AEW these days and like you know Moxie's is quite good I quite like yep. um, no, no, it's the, thing. Like, the revival's old theme I used to like that one in the WWE they kind of say yeah yep that was a good one but I was getting back in the NXT days yeah back yeah, yeah back in the NXT themes the one for me that sticks out at the moment is Lance Archer's Because I think it hits the, the perfect balance of that's that's his character. His character, the moment AEW is, I'm going to kill everything in front of me. And as, as long as everyone dies. No, that's true. Oh, what was that? What was that backstage promo where you kind of walked into the team room and just killed like five drivers sat in the locker room? <laughs> yes. And so he, did, like, he literally just threw one in the bin and walked out. Yes. <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. And now he's going to murder Sting. Yeah. That's going to be great fun to watch. <laughs> 
Yeah, bye's fine. <laughs> Although I will say the fact that Sting took that paragraph from Brian Cage that looked rough as hell. Yes, because as we as we discussed, Brian Cage is a beefy boy. Yes, he it really, really is. Yeah. Like there was that was it with um he was with Darby Allen. He got Darby Allen up in the suplex, walked up the ring oh, steps, God. and just threw him into the ring. Yes. <laughs> He's like, all right, yes. Brian, we know you got muscles. Just calm it down, man. <laughs> Oh, I, I, that was wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, like, I don't think there's anybody like who's got like a theme that kind of really kind of jumps out as like, again, what's something that's got kind of like super memorable or, you know, I, iconic for the time, that sort of thing. It's, yeah, I kind of, kind of, I keep falling back onto CM Punk. Yeah. Sometimes you get sense. a lot of like, you can tell when the WWE like fall in love with like one particular artist and they just get them to do yes. like everything mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I think at the minute with NXT, it's like Poppy they seem to be obsessed with. And I have no See, idea who the hell she is. This is I don't know why it's just whatever. <laughs> me and me and NXT right now are not not in a happy relationship because the last few weeks of shows have been very underwhelming to say the least. Um, I tend to catch NXT sort of every once in a while, and I don't watch it as like every single week. If if Johnny Gargano in the way can go away and never ever ever come back, that would make me very happy. Oh, not a fan of the way. No, I hate the way. It's so dumb. What as in? I just don't like the whole gimmick. I don't like the. F- I mean, it's played out. I think the fact that they just kept it going and going. Then they had that stupid fucking kidnapping angle that never got paid off with Dexter oh, Lumis. Yeah, who's bizarrely yeah. playing the exact same character he was playing in TNA ten years ago. Which is all right. I know, mm-hmm. I know. It's just, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just, there's, I mean, there's just not a lot. And then, of course, you know, I'm way off track. <laughs> I'm just having a rant, but yeah. So um, yeah, so we we couldn't win the women's titles, so we're going to make our own women's titles, and the the first champions are going to lose them in about uh, oh, I don't yeah, know forty minutes. Time. Yeah, there you go. It's like, what the hell is that about? Make any sense? That that you mentioned that Gargano kind of reminded me that. Probably best entrances in the last few years was Tommaso Ciampa's heel entrance with no music, ironically enough. They just kind of rain down booze on him. And just booze. <laughs> just walking out very slowly as the entire crowd swore at him for about three minutes. Just walking very slowly <laughs> to the ring, not making eye contact with anybody because he's better than everybody else in the arena sort of thing. Like that was... He doesn't need their gratification. He's there for himself. So it's just a shame why would he, he was then going to have a match which would last four and a half days. <laughs> Carol, I don't know what you're talking about. Bloody hated the Gargano Champa bloody main events they had. They were. I I hated the entire few. I liked the promos, but I hated the matches. Twenty minutes long, then that would have been brilliant. But they had three matches, all which were like forty-five minutes long. 
He's like, no. He's <laughs> yeah, the I'm archetype of no, right less, less is definitely more in this case. Brevity is the soul of wit. Yep, just stop it. Do you ever get you know, funny... Mm-hmm. Do you have the funny thing now where you look at Thomas Champa and then think, I am older than he is? I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> oh, God. How old so is Thomas Champa? Thomas like 38. Oh, Jesus, I'm like getting closer. As, yeah. as the full two-year-old of the room. No. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, hey. Wait, hang on a minute. Thomas Champa is not... He is going to be the same age as me this year. He'll be 36 in May 8th. Then you got 36. That's even worse. <laughs> not any better. <laughs> There you go. He, me and Champa, best pals forever. Me and Phil in the 40 plus bracket here. Yeah, we moved up to the next tick box, haven't we? <laughs> yes, we have on the census. Yeah. Bastards. Fucking. I know. Young <laughs> <laughs> people can fuck off. Anyway, that's, that's, we wow. need to win the expiry tag for the, the, not the expiry, the explicit tag for the month. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. There's a little Freudian slip for you. So who we kinda of landed on for the tens then? Who's who kind of like who are we picking for the tens to be the uh I don't know. It, it's hard. I don't know. Um I don't know. I don't I don't think it's right to pick a one a, a B O end all hmm. songs. I don't think there is one. I think there's songs that work in the situation, yeah. given who it is or whatever. I don't think it's something you can arbitrarily say this is the best one because it depends on who it is, the situation they're in, what storylines they're involved in, how bothered the creative are with them. There's a lot that goes into it. It's not just as simple as picking a song. Okay, then. <laughs> there we go. I, I I slam my penis down as a gavel to say we're done. So all the music in the tins was rubbish. And then the... <laughs> Oh, I didn't say that. I just said that. I think it. I think it kind of speaks to how the era's gone, as in like no one person's been able to kind of dominate or kind of define <laughs> that era because they haven't. Yeah. The company hasn't necessarily it, let anybody define an era because it's about the company no, more than the rest. Become of these very days, homogenous and safe. Well, I read something recently that WWE now consider themselves a content company, and that <laughs> just rubbed me the wrong way altogether. They need to provide more content. It's like, yeah, we're exactly we're we're off to Peacock where like they're gonna have that that whole launch is gonna be a yeah, mess when that goes live. But yeah, I think because of the way the WWE kind of turned kind of like the first half of the tens, like again, they kind of dominated everything. Like but they it was all about the the WWE universe, not necessarily a wrestler who could kind of stand above it all and kind of define everything. So I think it's hard to yeah. take like a defining was- song because yeah, there wasn't necessarily a defining person at that time. No. Uh, if we're talking about things that we would like to get rid of from the 2010s, if we can get rid of the term WWE Network and Michael Cole, I'd be <laughs> oh, a lot WWE happier. Universe. I'd like to get rid of that, That's please. Just a personal opinion. Yeah, get rid of the universe. It's just like, yeah, it's just fire into in the yeah. There's a podcast I listen to who ironically calls their fans the solar system. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's quite smart. But uh, So, yeah, that was our little tour of entrance themes throughout the, the decades. I enjoyed that. That was good. That was good. But the real question is, who's driving the bus next month and where uh, are they taking us? The, the Conquista bus. I know I'm after him, I think. I was just about to ask who's driving the bus. The the conquista bus, Cameron. You got me doing that again. This is your own fault. Don't bring the Venga boys into this. They're not arrested. 
The Venger bus is coming and what? it will have its vengeance. It should have not gain sentience. Wow. I'll have to find it. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. The Venger bus is coming <laughs> and everyone will. Right, if you find that, I'll find it. No, I'm trying to find the flipping not coming. There we go. I'm coming. There we go. I'm coming. Episode 41 is being helmed uh-huh. by one person called Cameron. Oh, is it me? Oh, oh Christ. It is you. Um, oh, this is for, this is for Cameron goes um, to, to we choice. Flick <laughs> on, we flick round on the on the uh, the alphabetical order, so we're on to the next Okay, bit. cool. Yep. Uh, how old does a pay-per-view have to be to be considered retro for the Conquistadors? Well, if it's Al, it's about 40 okay. years, but that's he's right, not here, okay. so that's fine. Um, I don't I think... I think Probably for me, like maybe like five so years or so. Five. Oh, that's interesting. Um, oh, hello. I don't know. That's what you're going for. If you're picking Super Showdown, no, I'm never doing no, the no, show no, again. Anything like that? No way. <laughs> uh, what you. have we got to do? Hmm. I'm just trying to think now. Um, Please do. Yeah. Shall <laughs> we go? I think he just cut out just as he was saying it. Should we go back to the early 90s or should we go back to the early 2000s? Oh. Well, it depends. Are, you, are we doing WWE, WCW? Where are we going? What the last few decades we've done, that's, 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 let's approach it scientifically. Okay, let's approach it scientifically. All right. Okay. God. Strap in, folk. So the last block of episodes is, what was like 1990, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 7, uh, TNA first pay view, then 1988, and then NXT Brooklyn. We're all over the place. So, yeah. Broadly, I think mm. the, the majority was like early 90s, slash late 80s, with a couple of like an early 2000s and a 2010 one in there. So we haven't really done anything kind of consistent, so I've not helped at all with my scientific uh, assistance, I'm afraid. Oh, it's kind of all over the place. Um, yeah. Okay. Good job, Bill. I'm flipping in between. If we want to go early 90s, I'd like to do SummerSlam 92. Okay. If we want to go a little bit more recent than that, I know I said early 2000s, it's not that early. Um, with the mention of CM Punk tonight, Money in the Bank 2011? Oh, please. Ooh. Please. I want, to, I want to watch that match again. I want to watch that entrance again. Yeah, I've never actually seen that. Have you not oh seen that? Oh, my God, Phil. I actually want to do that. Wow. You want to do Money in the Bank? Oh my! Yeah, right. Yes. Twenty eleven, then. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what we, what we forgot about as well? Oh, what's that? What? We had um, a reply to our Twitter uh, about the. Oh, we did. An actual person responded outside of the, uh, oh, the golden, you know, the golden members. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> Hi, Derek. Who shall now <laughs> as the gold members? <laughs> The golden members. The golden members. Golden chair members. <laughs> golden members is a copyright. Gold member might get us caught up in the uh, Austin Powers or something. So, golden members so... is legally separate and, and said, uh, defined separately from the other thing. So, um, Ryan Daly on Twitter responded to you, Cameron. Uh, at RPDaily81 uh, responded with his favorite music of the various periods. Uh, so, the 1980s, he picked uh, The Ultimate Warrior. Fair enough. Good choice. Uh, Bret Hart for the 1990s. I assume the early one, the better one, not the Jim yep. Johnson rubbish one. Um, <laughs> for the 2000s, he put Mark Henry's Hall of Pain period. 
That's a good one to actually think about. Yeah. And current is your boy Bobby Roode. That's fair. Yeah. So that was our, a bit of feedback we had on the uh, on our on the, the, the from the from the well from the fan. <laughs> hey, it's more than we normally get. Well, we normally <laughs> so, get. So thank you, Ryan. <laughs> thank you for your uh, suggestion, yes. sir. Mark Henry's not bad really because like. Everybody kind of has talks about that him in that period quite funny, don't they? That kind of Hall of Pain badass Mark Henry period. It's uh, I can't wait for you to watch this show, Phil. You're gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is, I know about it. I know the finish. You know, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> well, that's no, debatable. No, um, yeah, debatable. But, but I think the, see it in it's, the context it's, of the rest of the show is going to be quite interesting. Oh, it's a wonderful because this is this is the final night of Punk's current contract. They've been building it up for two weeks. There's a fantastic video at the start of it, and you know it, it culminates in probably one of the the best moments WWE have had for a long time. Yeah, it was certainly one of the best storylines. <sighs> I think it's one of those things that though the storyline did get a little bit wasted after the show, but we'll probably discuss that on the next. Recording. Yes, yeah, we'll discuss that. But uh, it's it's going to be a good time. <laughs> going to be a good time. Yeah, that's that's a pay-per-view one, is it not? Nice. What was that good? Just looking at the card. Um, I mean, there are some questionable matches on it, but you it's know. WWE in 2011. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, it's not going to be all uh, sunshine and rainbows, is it? Well, I mean, Kelly Kelly against Brie Bella—that should tell you a lot of things uh, about it. That'll be an interesting one. Yep. As will be everyone's favorite idiot, Alberto Del Rio. Oh God. Oh, of course, because he just won the Rumble. He that did. Year. Oh, my God. He did. We're going to be able to talk about that wife-beating, drunk... Arsehole. I'll just, run away to, I'll just run away to Mexico and still get arrested because I'm an idiot. Is that when he still had this, the, the fella doing the intros for him? I can't remember his name now. Yes. Uh, what was his um, name? What was, it? what was his name? Was it somebody Rodriguez? Ricardo? Ricardo, yeah, it was Ricardo. Yeah. Ricardo Rodriguez, yep, that's yeah. it. Yeah, like those two, like uh, I quite liked him. I, I mean, se- separate the man from you know the, the douchebaggery, but the, you know the wrestling was quite good for that kind of period. Even though he kind of like he never quite fulfilled his potential in the company, but I guess we'll discuss that when we get to it. Next we will discuss that. There's, there's, there's also a hilarious finish in the semi-main event, but like we say, we'll discuss that when we get there. Yeah. So if you have any thoughts of that, like Ryan, uh, feel free to yes. reply to us on the old Twitter. Yep, at the Conquistadors. Yeah. Please, uh, and by the time we get tell. to next, the ne- uh, next time, we might have even opened up this Discord for people. Oh, imagine. Mm. I know. Imagine I've... the dirty unwashed people. <laughs> Only vaccinated. Only. I care. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we might have opened up our Discord for other people to kind of come in and have a chat to us as well. I'm doing. Talking about maybe you know watching some pay views together and that sort of thing, but you know we'll get to yeah, that when we get yeah, to we'll it. We'll get to that when we get to it on the planning, yes. the planning stages. Yeah, it is. And uh, before we go, I would just, I would just like to say the following: I paid for AEW Revolution. Was I disappointed with the explosion? Of course I was. Did I enjoy the rest of the show? Yes. Does one bad explosion ruin an entire pay per view? No. That is all. Cool. Uh, thank you for that summary, Ewan. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So I, uh, I put the bang in at the end as like the end of the podcast. Sure. Put, no, put the DDP bang in. <laughs> well, my favourite thing about that was, um, was it someone tweeted a gift fit and they were like, oh, um, Eddie Kingston deserved a better death. 
<laughs> he really did. Because <laughs> he he sold out like a champion, and it, like yeah, he did. Oh. It didn't deserve to be sold as well as he did, did it. But I you did know, see someone a, say that the one thing they could have done to repair the entire thing and save it at the last minute, and it would have required some immense levels oh. of off the cuff thinking in the final dying seconds of a pay per view. <laughs> If Kenny Omega could appear at the top of the ramp and just piss himself laughing at both uh, Omega and uh, both uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley in the middle of the ring, try to like you know cower over each other, yeah, and that would have been that would have solved uh, the I whole thing. They did fix it on with the Wednesday. They did fix it the Wednesday after yeah. with the whole uh, promo. I like I like the fact that they basically just ripped an impact because they apparently paid for the bomb. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't rip an impact. You did nothing wrong. You know, he thinks he's the Joker and he thinks that you're Batman. <laughs> that, that bit. Yeah, oh, Eddie Kicks this fucking he's man. He's so good. Yeah. I'm um, so I, happy he's got I found that tweet. Uh, the actual lyrics are, the Venga bus is coming and everybody's running. The bus will have its vengeance. It should not have gained sentience. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the music playing in the background, oh so they got the And that's what my that's what me and me, me and Ethan sing whenever the Venga Bus music comes on. The Venga Bus is coming and everybody's running. This bus will have its vengeance, it should not have King's engines. Right. Okay. Now- So this is all edited out. Yeah, mostly, mostly, I've got to keep it in for fun. Why not? Um, 